Uh, welcome to episode four of the Fruit Basket. We're still Yay. going. It's it's How actually weekly now. We have heads. we have Yo, three shows that in weekly, meaning it's official. What's up with movies, dude? What is up? What? I don't have any discussion topics. Movies are <laughs> yeah, kind of no, crazy. I have, a, I have nothing a has happened this week. I just have a it's few been... discussion topics that we could talk about before we get into the movie, because from personal experiences I've had. Hmm. Oh, I have one discussion topic. Oh yeah, but first, uh, I don't know. I probably no one cares, but Andrew Callahan is actually is like getting a movie yeah, made with that. HBO and A twenty four. I mean, what? he didn't like Andrew Callahan. What was that? Who's Andrew Callahan? Oh, he's a Channel Five guy, like the the um, analog horror. What? No, no he's, like he does the... like Gonzo journalism. Oh, okay. Oh, that guy, that yeah. guy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so he's doing a documentary about uh, or because he had a bunch of footage recorded on Gen Six. Yeah, I remember him. Now I remember him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like that shit's going to be fire. That shit is going to be fire. It is going to be fire. I agree. I agree. Genuinely, he's a really point. good documentarian. Like, and a journalist and interviewer. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's the same thing. Like, if you're, if you're going to be a good documentarian, you got to be a good yeah. journalist and interviewer, too. So. Um, but that's well, it. hell yeah. I mean, there's some documentary, like so. I actually, I guess. I mean, documentaries can be good, but like not. Like they can be well made and entertaining, but not uh, accurate. Yeah. Like so, yeah, King. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's the one guy who made Bowling for Columbine? What? Michael Moore. I him. don't like him. Yeah. He's the guy that manipulates I'd... all his documentaries to push his narrative, but like they're still entertaining as fuck. He, I get upset whenever I hear of Michael Moore because the only animated movie to ever be nominated for the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival was Ghost in the Shell Part Two, which is one of the greatest movies ever made, and it lost to fucking Bowling for Columbine. Oh, speaking of Ghost in the Shell Two, uh. Yes. You know, that was produced by Studio Ghibli, or at least Ghibli was one of the producers. Oh, yeah. They yeah. produced the new Ava movie, too. Yeah, 2.0. Yeah, they actually, huh. the scenes in the village the with the lots of greenery and farming and all that, yeah. that was animated oh, mainly by Ghibli. Yeah, it's like so really was... surprising, but also not surprising at all. Yeah. I was checking through my, like, Ghibli. Uh, list since i'm still working on that um and i was debating whether i should include movies like ghost in the shell 2 ghost in the shell 2 uh since they're kind of part of ghibli but i decided not to and i'm just gonna keep it with the core ones that like they solely well, animated well you should still watch ghost of the shell because it's yeah, one of the greatest movies I've i know that, that's on but... my watch list and i was thinking that next time i do a recommendation i was going to do ghost in the shell one and two so i can finally get to them ghost in the shell mm-hmm. starring scarlett johansson yeah yes that one of course yeah that one <laughs> um yesterday actually i saw clerks three hmm. in theaters yes tell us how about was that, that? It was incredible. I cried. 
Yeah. I still, I'm, I'm still I, yet to see Clerks. I've been meaning to watch it for like two, three years. But Clerks is good. I really, okay. I, I enjoy Clerks one a lot. It's really funny, and like, Kevin Smith is not that great a filmmaker, like technically <laughs> speaking, but all his films are very, very authentic in terms of personality and his writing and in terms of emotion so i really really like him like i literally i extended my uh on letterbox top directors list to 25 because i couldn't justifiably place him in the top 20 just so i could have them there like he he really is like weird that's the easiest Hmm. way to put it what an odd bloke an odd bloke yeah have you seen uh, it sounds better uh, when i say bloke i think my bloke my few i I haven't seen much many kevin smith movies but i think my kevin smith movies are the the enjoyment of them is extended when you work a nine-to-five job or a minimum wage job and if you read comic books the the extends your enjoyment a lot uh, his visual style is very much informed by comic books. You can tell he very much storyboards his films. Uh, and his writing style, it, it varies from film to film. Because he also has made like a couple of horror films. And um, a couple of comedy horror movies. Yeah, Tusk. But in most <laughs> of his comedies, uh, his writing style hinges on uh, people chilling and having t- tangential conversations, non-sequiturs. Uh, doing a couple weird things, but then coalescing in some emotional moments. Like how, you know, you just talk when you hang out. You talk about weird shit, and then if you're close with someone, you talk about some more personal shit. And I really like his writing style for that. Um, And especially in stuff like Chasing Amy, uh, it really does represent that feeling of hanging out with someone really well. Especially in, Chas- in Chasing Amy, like, y- you get that feeling of being gay and hanging out with someone who's, like, homophobic, but not, like, kill-all-gays homophobic, and just chilling with them. It- it's it's nice. Like, he really gets that. And, uh, what else? I saw Kevin He's Smith also on Joe stupid. Rogan. Exp- I-, I saw a clip of <laughs> Kevin Smith on Joe Rogan one time on Twitter. I don't know. That's, mm-hmm. that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember anything about the clip. I just saw the clip of him on Joe Rogan, you know, dressed in classic Kevin Smith gear. That's fair. That's fair. He's very much a weirdo. Uh, I quite like him, though. I quite like Clerks 3. It was really nice. It was very sweet, and it made me cry, especially at the end. Like, I was not expecting cry. I was expecting it to laugh hard because all his movies are genuinely funny. And I was expecting to cringe a bit because he is kind of cringy. Uh, which I did both both of those, and then the the last like fourth third of the film hits you, and then you're like, "Damn." Do you like the James? It's Island probably. Movies? Uh, I've only seen the second one. I see. I have not seen the first one. The second one is probably one of his worst movies because it's like so badly made, but it's funny and sweet too. I want to see. Uh, no, never mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. So, so you saw Clerks three yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah, that was showing at. Uh, I went to the movie theater yesterday as well, and it was showing. But I decided to watch. See how they run. 
Um, which was, it was fine. It was like just another whodunit, right? And there's, yeah, I mean, the movie also pokes and like fun at this and notices it, but like, you know, whodunit movies are all very similar. Uh, but anyways, that's not like the main point of why I brought it up. So Sam Rockwell is the lead detective in, uh, in See How They Run. Um, and but, mm -hmm. but before that, before the movie started, there was a trailer for Amsterdam where like Christian Bale Ooh. is a detective in a whodunit. Wait, is right? Amsterdam the other Oscar bait movie that's coming out this year? Yeah, there yeah, are at least five, but yes, yeah. it is one of them. Yeah, there's like four. Holy shit. Yeah, so there's Christian the, Bale. There's Amsterdam. Yep. Yeah, so Christian Bale plays this like, at least from the trailer from what I got, he plays like a, you know, regular whodunit detective with a mustache, right? But it's Christian mm -hmm. Bale, and, he, you know, he's a British actor who's only allowed to, you know, have American accents now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then in See How They Run, Sam Rockwell Except, uh, is dressed oh, exactly like how Christian Bale was in the trailer of for Amsterdam. You know, he's just, <laughs> I mean, like a detective with the mustache and, like, the hat, right? And he, mm -hmm. has, he looks super similar. Like, same facial build, too, for some reason. But he has a British accent. So they, and I feel like they played super similar characters, right? At least in the trailer, Christian Bale plays a super I, similar character to what uh, Sam Rockwell did in See How They Run. But the thing is, I, uh, the American is playing the British detective, and the British person is playing the American detective. So I don't... Whoa. I, don't I just know. said whoa. I don't know why. <laughs> I actually... I was just from what I got from the trailer of Amsterdam, he doesn't play a detective. He, like, plays a suspect. Like, the trailer uh, itself, like, he, like, it, it's about three people who are framed. And I didn't really get any detective character. But I definitely see it. I'm looking at the image of Sam Rockwell now. Yeah, right? Incredible. Yeah, and I was going to say before, but I didn't want to interrupt you, but Christian Bale is allowed to do um, British roles. In fact, he did one. In Thor four, oh that's that doesn't fucking count. He plays a space alien, dude. That he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he doesn't play a brain. He just plays a space like, alien. Yeah, half and the aliens, aliens have British accents anyway. Yeah. I mean, true. Thor himself is Australian. I think. Yeah. yeah. Have you hold on? I I I've noticed this. So you know, in movies, um, where the characters are not are not from an English speaking country, but all the actors are speaking English. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like the pianist or something like that, right? They're all um, Austrian, or yeah, I think they're Austrian, but they're all speaking English. Yes. Have you noticed that they're always speaking with like when they're speaking? British. Yeah, with British accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's I mean, generalizing Britain to Europe is the case yeah. here. I think Britain is the only Cause... European English country. Yeah. So. <laughs> Honestly, most of them speak English at this point. Yeah, like, I mean, no, they do. I guess it would kind of throw me out if they spoke with like a thick Southern accent, you know? And they're like, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Adrian Brody put on a, a Southern accent while he was like surviving the Holocaust or something. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would, I guess it would pull me out. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I actually don't have no idea what's coming out this weekend. Like, well, I'm going to watch Like Pearl. what you said. Oh yeah, Pearl. I have I still haven't seen X, so I can't see Pearl yet, but I probably will eventually. I do want to see that movie Barbarian though. Hmm. 
I still don't know what Barbarian's about. Like, I've seen people post about it, but I have no idea what that is. I also have no idea, but apparently it's like Malignant, which is enough for me. Malignant is a Seattle movie, right? Malignant is indeed set in Seattle. Let's fucking go! Exactly. I was, exactly. When I was riding the, the subway to the movie theater yesterday, uh, there yes. was this guy behind me um, who was, he, he, like, randomly, I don't know, about two minutes into the ride, the train ride, he started burping over and over, like, really loud, deep, like, long, healthy burps, right? So he's, like, burping, oh, 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 I can't do a fake burp, but he's doing that. And then at the end, he goes, God damn, spaghetti and meatballs. I'm never having that again. And then he's quiet. What does the guy look like? What's the phenotype? I was too. I was scared to turn around and look, man. He was behind me. He was right behind me. And I didn't want to turn around, right? Yeah. But um, I think when I was getting off the bus, the, not the bus, the bus, the, the subway, I got a quick look. And he was just like, like a regular looking dude. Huh? Yeah. He was just like a black dude in what? like a hoodie. Did he cut out? Oh, what? I, I think he cut out. Yeah, right. he cut yeah, out. Oh, let's like let's a... redo that again. When did I cut so out? It's seamless on the podcast. Write that down. Like... All right. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to restart that sentence. So when I was yeah. getting off the subway, I got a, like a quick glance at him, and he was just like a regular looking dude, like just like some <laughs> black dude with like headphones on and like a hoodie. <laughs> I... 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 I, I don't... I, I don't I I feel like it wasn't a real thing that I heard because you gotta understand these burps were loud and long and healthy. <laughs> that that's, that's is pretty incredible. Lynchian. Yeah, <laughs> but like I was in a dream like sequence in Mulholland Drive. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Don't uh, worry, darling is coming out next week too. Oh my god. Oh. I am watching that. <laughs> I am I'd, so watching that. I don't think it's going to be I, good, but I'm still going to watch it. I don't know if I should watch that or just wait for it to be piratable. But, okay, just, just wait for it to be piratable. Like, yeah, I, I'm not no, I'm just going to go there with a One Direction shirt on, man. Got to support my boy <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah. Fuck Harry Styles. <laughs> also, it's probably going to be outsold by the Avatar re-release. Yeah. Like my my theater right next to me, it only has one IMAX theater in it. Um, and usually, if when they like have multiple films that are releasing in IMAX, they just re- rotate it all day. Um, for that d- the day, September twenty third, they only have Avatar in IMAX. They do not have Don't Worry, Darling. Is Don't Worry, Darling in IMAX? What the fuck? Well, it should be. It's a big release. Oh So they they, but also this IMAX theater isn't like. IMAX, IMAX. This it's just the biggest theater there, so they just put all the films there. Oh, okay. Yeah, including the IMAX films, but like, they also just put films is there, but a, bigger. Do you live by an AMC? Uh, I do, but the AMC is farther than this theater, which is Harkins. I don't know. Is that a, is that a chain? It is a chain, but it's only okay. local to the, um, to California, Nevada, Arizona. Yeah. That's crazy. People are watching movies in Nevada. Well, it used to be in Nevada, Nevada until Nevada exist. disappeared. Yeah, Neva- Nevada disappeared. What the fuck is it's in... a hole. Nevada it's a is hole a cemetery now. song. Yeah, it's a hole. Like you don't you haven't heard of the Nevada hole? Is it Nevada hole or Utah hole? I don't know. It can be no, any it's... one of those fucking states. I'm Who so cares? <laughs> I don't understand anything that's being said. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, a... I I wanted 
So an a interesting conversation topic. I don't know. It might be interesting. Maybe not. We'll see. It's episode four. Mm. If it's not interesting, fuck you. Um, <laughs> in the in yeah. the in the fruit basket archives, this will be the skippable episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I was, as you, as of course I've mentioned many times before, uh, I'm going through my. Ghibli, I'm watching every Ghibli movie in order right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know when noticed... the yeah go ahead do you know when the house re-release is out uh 25 26 and 28 Ooh, okay shit. okay cool because i want to look out for that sorry oh continue. and uh on the 27th is the only day that they're doing sub instead of dub oh yeah so from the 25th Did... to the 28th is when it's being mm-hmm. played but they're uh at my the amc i'm right next to Almost every, it's almost sold out, so I need to buy my tickets super soon. I just need to get my work schedule first for those days. Okay, okay. Okay, so... Um, oh, what was I saying? Yeah, so the Ghibli movies. And I... It's... I've noticed that, like, when you're watching a Pixar film, right, they all have somewhat similar beats, similar feels, especially recent Pixar, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, you've definitely. seen a Pixar movie, you get the arc. But in these Ghibli movies, since it's my first time ever seeing them, they're all extremely unique. Um, and especially ones from like the same directors. Especially what I've noticed is that Isao Takahata movies are super uh-huh. diverse, right? He's made like Grave of the Fireflies, which is like a super depressing movie about the death of your family. And then like three years later, he makes fucking Pompoko, which is about like raccoons with magic testicles like saving nature (laughs) so and it got me thinking okay the conversation topic i guess is what are some directors that you like or screenwriters that you like that have like extremely diverse catalogs Mm. takashi Miike. oh yeah yeah ridley scott ridley scott is a good example Mm -hmm. rice high you Grant Vu. <laughs> Him. You can't compare uh, fish listening to music to Lazarus Lazarus. <laughs> Sam Raimi is... Have you ever... If you look at Sam Raimi's filmography, you have all the movies he's famous for, right? Yeah. You have the Evil Dead trilogy. You have Darkman. You have the Spider-Man Spider-Man. trilogy. You have the... Um, Wizard of Oz. Drag Me From Hell. And then from... From 1994... To 2000, he has like five films that you're just surprised he ever made. Like, have you ever heard of A Simple Plan? Nope. No. Is a neo noir crime film, um, and it has two Oscar nominations. And he directed it in 1998, and no one knows what it is. What were the nominations? Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, He also directed. No one. Really, I mean, those are big Oscars, but he directed a baseball game called "For the Love of the Game." He directed a, ho- a horror film called "The Gift," and like, in these are relatively big films. Like, they star big names: Kevin Costner, Kate Blanchett. But like, no one knows what they are. I've it's such a weird them. run. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> cause like, <laughs> cause like, it's right in between the Evil Dead trilogy and the Spider-Man trilogy. It's it's odd, odd. You know, I I think um, a, a director with a diverse catalog. I wouldn't say extremely diverse, but uh, David Lynch 
actually kind of has eh. no uh, i mean no, no just hear me out, not hear me as out right? diverse I, I i yeah i know but of course mo- uh, the lot what he's known for is like his lynchian style but there's also movies like dune and the straight story which but are only pretty dune straight story there's what also, about uh, i guess elephant man too yeah yeah those three those three are like outliers among the rest Inland Empire is also pretty weird, but that's also the same kind of weird Inland as Mulholland like Drive. Inland Empire is very Lynchian, though, from what I've heard. Yeah, I think exactly. It's definitely a David Lynch movie. Uh, what about Ang Lee? Yes. I can't, yeah. yeah. I am I was, actually. I am the world's number one Ang Lee defender. No, like going from going Gemini from. Man. <laughs> yeah, like going from uh, Hulk to Brokeback Mountain, or the other way around. I don't know which one. <laughs> that's a fucking power move it is a power move and he made hulk after sense and sensibility which is a jane austen period piece adaptation ah <laughs> uh, yeah i love angley and and in between hulk and sense and sensibility he also made crouching tiger hidden dragon which is a martial arts movie yeah okay and yeah. then before gemini yeah there is a very strong case for him and Angli, especially because all his movies are like they have his style. They're very much Angli movies. He has a very particular visual style, but like he hops genres so much. I think I just gotta go with Mike, like where we started, because of just the sheer amount of shit he's done. That's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, I think one of the go-to answers people have is George Miller. You know, Happy Feet and Mad Max. <laughs> true but he's only ever made mad max and then happy feet slash babe and then new newly three thousand years but that's pretty much it it's still pretty diverse i mean i mean actually james cameron uh i don't know i mean yeah i guess titanic titanic is an outlier yeah but other than that yeah yeah nah oh they all had the to survive to them you know francis ford coppola you're right actually no yeah 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 true 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 as fuck like after godfather and the conversation apocalypse now is like one left turn and whatever the fuck he was doing after that the dracula several more left turns yeah dracula Dracula and outsiders yeah the one movie with uh robin williams where he plays like a child that's got like he he made that yes yeah he made that he directed that yes I that is a Francis Ford Coppola movie, along with The Godfather Part 1, The Godfather Part 2, The Conversation, Dracula, and Apocalypse Now. That is part of his filmography. <laughs> Are you kidding? Wait, what? Uh, no, check funny. it right now. I'm checking it right now. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. I, I, like I never realized. I a Sophia Coppola movie into the, the Francis Ford Coppola catalog. I always assumed that was just some guy like Zemeckis or like uh judd apatow even like i never so would have guessed is. i never would have guessed ever yes robert zemeckis robert zemeckis makes weird th- films I-, I would say i would add robert zemeckis and quentin tarantino to that conversation but like they're so known for their tarantino diversity. makes tarantino movies like yeah oh not tarantino movies. uh spielberg i meant spielberg oh okay because i was like tarantino I makes misspoke. one type of movie yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> I, he makes I one type of movie Spielberg. and then he makes a slightly different movie called jackie brown 
And it's not even that different. It's just a little different, and then people don't want to watch that. So he makes Tarantino movies again. Yeah. Fair. I fuck mm. with Tarantino, though. Even though Dude, you know, I do he can't do Tarantino. anything other than that one movie. Or no, he can, because like he made Jackie movie. Brown, but like, he doesn't want to. I've My opinion he... of Tarantino has gone down over the years, but it hasn't gone down that much. I mean, yeah. like I still like him a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like He's annoying, but I like his style. Yeah, I mean, he's very annoying. You know what you're <laughs> like, like person, you know what but... you're gonna get when you yeah. watch a Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's like the intro to Film Bros, you know. Yeah, yeah. The intro to Film Bros. He's a very bad intro to film. Could I just say that? Yeah, no. He like, is. like yeah. people are like, oh, you want to get into film? You have to watch all the Tarantino movies. No, no, because all the Tarantino movies are homages to other movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like... it's like an easy gateway. Like Clint Eastwood to... or something, I don't know. I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's an easy ga- gateway, because he has a very particular style, and it, that style relies on knowledge of other movies for complete enjoyment. Yeah, but you can complete still enjoyment, it. But you can still have fun with yeah, it like, if, if you don't that's get it. True, when I was, but like, like, 12, watching fucking Kill Bill, yeah. right? I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is sick! You know, I love this, love this movie. Yeah. I didn't need, like, knowledge of uh, whatever that movie that people say he ripped off was. Like, Hong Kong 70s B-movies? No, there's yeah. just one specific movie that people say he ripped Kill Bill off of. Mm. Um, haven't seen it. So Fair, fair. Don't know. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, one more conversation topic I was thinking of when I was, watching, when I was continuing my Ghibli marathon uh, is most recently I watched Whisper of the Heart, which is directed by, I think his name is... Let me see. Yeah. Yoshifumi Kondo. And it is his, I believe it is his sole, like, directorial feature. And then he died. Uh, and it's one of my favorite Ghibli movies. So I was thinking, what are some, who are some directors that have made, like, very, who have very small catalogs that you enjoy? Hype Williams. Early? Mike Williams? Hype Williams. <laughs> No, Hype Williams. He's a music video director. He directed yeah, no, music videos. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he made fucking Belly. That's his only feature-length oh, film. Oh shit, you're right. And it is the one of the best uh, films ever made. Probably the best gangster film ever made. And like, holy shit, I completely forgot about Belly, which is weird because I fucking love Belly. Belly is so good. This. Yeah. No, great. You remember when we were going to like the film festival for Lazarus Lazarus? There was like a like a mural in one of the boxes on the street. No. I, I don't. Okay. What it it, it was a DMX from Belly on that mural. And that was sick. Ah. I see. Yeah. It stars DMX who that was his only major acting role as well. Which sucks cuz he was amazing in that. He was in a few other roles too, right? Like, yeah, but like that was his only like lead. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, small catalogs. I don't know other than Belly, which I'm very passionate about. Uh, I think one of my favorite directors, Todd Salons, um, director of Happiness and Welcome to the Dollhouse. I believe he only has six features, seven features. And one of those is, like, you can't watch it because it was, like, a student film he made when he was in high school. But it's, like, 90 minutes. But I, I don't know where to watch that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's a pretty small catalog. But I do love it. There, Mr. Sylvain White. 
has directed five films. Of those five films, three matter. Of those three that matter, two are fucking amazing. And those are I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer and Slender Man. Oh, Slender Man. Uh, one second. We talked uh, about for... Slender Man another Slender Man uh, 2019. Mar- Mar- mark, this, mark this moment. We'll be right back. All right. Uh... We will talk, we talk about, about Slender Man. My oh, next... yeah, Slender Man. We will talk about Slender Man, my next recommendation. Maybe. Okay. You don't know. You <laughs> might pick something else. I might, I might, but okay. I doubt it. How long Cloud Atlas is still on the table, and I want to watch Cloud Atlas, unlike Slender Man. Slender Man is about 93 minutes long, I believe. Okay, so it's pretty short. Correctly. At least it's short. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you want to cl- watch Cloud Atlas, Rishi, you don't have to wait. I know. But between the option of Slenderman and Cloud Atlas, you know, like no, I don't Slenderman. I want to. Oh yeah, you don't. (laughs) Grant, you know, right? (laughs) Slenderman. Yeah, of course. Pick Slenderman. (laughs) All right. Should we go into the? Should we go into collateral? All right. We'll talk about collateral right after this ad break. I'm gonna put it out. Are you kidding me? No, no, we're not selling out. Yes, we hey, are. Dude, I want to make. I racks. got offered, dude. We got. I got a. I, one of us is able to do a sponsor read. Wait, really? You want to do it? Wait, how much? Uh, based on viewerships. Based on viewerships. Oh, so like, get like ten two cents. We'll get nothing. Yeah, two like <laughs> a cent probably. <laughs> okay, what's the sponsor? Right, gonna, uh, you you put it in afterwards, like you record okay. it and then you like splice it in afterwards. Okay, but what's the sponsorship? It's for Anchor. Yeah, like <laughs> if you shill Anchor, then they just like while give you on money. Anchor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's you know what, it's... actually, you know what? Fuck Anchor. We're not putting the fucking ad in. <laughs> Fuck you. No ad break. Let's get into collateral. Okay, just to preface this, I actually didn't get to view Collateral again. I was gonna watch it today, but like we decided to do this earlier. Um. But I did watch it recently, so I remember it well enough. Cool, cool. Yeah. Right. Who wants to give the rundown? Collateral. I believe since Iska recommended it, they should have rights to give the synopsis. Yes. Once upon a time in Los Angeles, there was a taxi driver named Jamie Foxx. And um, he picks up a, a hitman named Tom Vincent Collateral Cruz. Um, actually, his name is actually Vincent Collateral, technically, because that was... No um, way. That was, that was the original script. Which, by the way, fun fact, the script of this was written by uh, a guy who has one di- directorial credit, and it was for that Frankenstein superhero movie from 2011. I, I Frankenstein. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. It was incredible it was hilarious um because of how bad it was but anyway anyway collateral um he picks up this hitman and at first he doesn't realize he's a hitman but quickly he does and uh, and so the ta- cab driver is looped into um this conspiracy and um everything going on in the underworld of los angeles and um he um he's hunted by the uh, by the police at the same time 
So they have to evade the police, and he has to stay alive. Um, and eventually things come to a head when Tom Vincent Cruz uh, collateral um, <laughs> wants to assassinate the woman that uh, the cab driver became friends with earlier. So uh, a chase ensues, and the two uh, split up only, uh, and are uh, faced with each other in the cl- climax where Tom Cruise dies. Um, and there are a lot of lessons Spoilers. learned along the way. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my, I can't believe the antagonist dies at the end. Okay, may I start? Yes. So, Michael Mann, uh, all of his movies uh, deal with people, typically men, because he, he said, like, I write from the perspective of what I've lived, which is from men's perspective. Um, men who That's are in jobs that has <laughs> <laughs> that have a certain duty to them, like um, in Miami Vice, cops and thief criminals and collateral hitmen and co- uh, cab driver. Uh, well, I mean, this is a bad way of stating this, but anyway, he makes movies about professionals. He made movies about professionals and the consequences of these jobs on their health, the consequences of structures and uh social structures um i had structures of organizations structures of capitalism uh he said capitalism many times he's an intensely left-wing director um and the way that they affect these characters who are caught in the middle of it who are forced to stop being romantics and start being cynics uh that is his brand that is what almost all of his movies are about um and collateral is very much the 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 platonic ideal man film which is why i suggested it it's like his it's the film of his that exemplifies all of his qualities uh the most it's the film of his that really is the transition from his uh earlier works which is which used um celluloid films steady cams um a cinematography that's like kind of laid back and um uh uh, usually displays technicolor um versus his later films which like this one rely on blur a lot uh handheld cinematography digital cinematography um and also less an emphasis on uh, like I don't want to say story, but like more of an emphasis on the emotional impact of the story rather than uh, the complexities of the story itself within that visual realm. Um, collateral, especially, um, I would say, you know, you have. It, I kind of simplified it with my plot description because Vincent and uh, cab driver. I'm forgetting his name. Um, Jamie Fox. Oh, yeah. Jamie Fox. I just yeah, but like I mean, the, ca- <laughs> the character's name. <laughs> the character's name is Max. Max. Electro um... from Spider Man 2. <laughs> no, he, he looked like <laughs> yeah, Electro yeah. too. Okay, well, let, let's, let's, let's get you, you know, that was Jamie Foxx as well. That was Jamie Foxx as well, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, but he's that's, like why, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he looked like Electro. Weird. He does. <laughs> I mean, he's. Just... Okay, never mind. He has the same mind. fucking nerd ass glasses. Okay, oh. moving on. And he's a pussy okay, move- in both movies. <laughs> anyway, moving forward, their relationship isn't just like captor abductee. 
it's very clear that Vincent is like extremely cynical, but because of what he's gone through, which is only implied. And although he's kind of irredeemable, um, he's not completely like gone. He's very much a person. He has um, he has experiences that are worth telling and worth listening to. And he's like, irredeemable, but he's hot and he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Anyway, like, he, in this movie, like, his last words, if I remember correctly, are like, if someone dies on the LA Metro, who cares? Uh, or something, or who's gonna notice? And then he dies on that train. Um, and oh, like, Chekhov's gone. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when he originally said that, like, um, in the beginning of the film, um, where he stated, like, this is a city of s- several million, and you, if you, it, and you can get lost in it because no one really knows one another. And that hits especially hard when you, like, realize LA is, like, very much, this is probably the best depiction of LA in film, by the way. Like, I believe bar that. none. I believe it that. is very much so. Wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> but it very much is um both in vibe and in like the actual experience of being in LA and stuff um and that that's uh, what he said like no one really knows each other but then he comes to know Max and like that's really what man cinema is all about like romantics who are pretending to be cynics in essence um I think that's why the ending of Heat is so powerful. Uh, and like all of Man's films, by the way, um, I should say, more than any other auteur director are pretty much the same film in concept and in story. Um, and that's just my opinion. A lot of people disagree with me because like, how are you going to p- compare Muhammad Ali biopic with um, this? But so, in concept, it very much is, in my opinion. So... Uh... Hold on, let me, I'm going to make a joke, and then I'm going to get into my opinion. <laughs> so, best L.A. movie, what about Crash 2004? Shut the fuck right, up. There we go, that's the joke. All right, um, moving on. Wait, before... Oh, before oh, yeah, fuck, go ahead, I was going to say something, then I forgot. All right, so... Because of Crash. Oh, oh i got to make another joke real fast. All right, that was a good <laughs> review conversation. Let's get into our ratings. All right, all right now for my actual opinion. Um... When I was, this is my first ever Michael Mann movie. I've never seen another one. Oh. Um, and Hell. The, well, I mean, okay. I, yeah, I know. I, I haven't seen any other <laughs> one. But uh, my first few thoughts when I finished it were, this is from a director who's very experienced and, like, knows what they're making. Mm-hmm. And has, like, He is a the clear, professional he's making the movies about. Yeah, like a clear idea, and like his, it felt like he had a lot of experience with making this type of movie. Of course, I've never seen another, so I wouldn't know. Um, but it just seemed like he had a clear through line, unlike callback to episode three, fellow listeners, Ooh. The Fountain, oh, wow. which did not have a clear through line and felt very inexperienced. Yeah. I agree. But this felt uh, like, like a good director. Um, out of the three man movies I've seen, 
Heat, Collateral, and Thief, which I watched yesterday, Thief, um, they're the same movie. Like, they're different, <laughs> but they're the same movie. So. I will say that um, Thief, Collateral, and Miami Vice, I mean, Thief, Heat, and Miami Vice make a trilogy, but not the same kind of trilogy as Collateral, Miami Vice, and Ali, which is also not the same kind of trilogy as Miami Vice, Public Enemies, and uh, Black Hat. Like, all of Man's films are the same. Yeah. But they can also be grouped together. Like, these are like subgroupings of his films. Thief, Heat, and Miami Vice are best watched together. Because they're all connected more intricately than, let's say, Miami Vice and Manhunter. Manhunter, however, is intricately connected to Thief. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's a combination of vibes and thematic context. No, I get you, but like with other directors. Yeah. But I guess I have to watch Miami Vice because that's in yeah. a lot of trilogies that you made up. <laughs> Can't really butt in. As you know, don't have much man experience. <laughs> Facts. Um, I was thinking, uh, when I was watching the movie, there's, like, oh, fuck, never mind. I guess I wasn't thinking because I forgot my thought. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this fuck. is definitely the episode people are going to skip. No, hold on. <laughs> I got something to say. I just got to remember it first. It was something about okay. Jamie Foxx. Um, he looks like Electro. That? He looks exact. Of course, same act- actor, but, like, he's dressed a lot like Electro. Fuck. Oh, I, I had something. All right, someone else talk. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. So, like... All right. Yeah. Yeah! Collateral, b- by, the, <laughs> yeah. by the way, is... um, The cinematographer of Collateral is a guy named Dion Baby... B- Baby... I, I don't know how to pronounce what? his name. Dion B-E-E-B-E. B-B. B-B. Okay. I'll just say B-B. Right. And a lot of his films, I mean, most of them anyway, are done in digital. And he, I would say very much that out of, like, the five or six good films that he's cinematographed, um, he would, he has very much, like, earned a place as one of the best cinematographers of the last couple decades. But he's only been the cinematographer of, like, five good movies. Hmm. Um, this, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which is the you know the video game kind of tom cruise one yeah the tom cruise one where like he dies and then it's the groundhog day but like yeah the groundhog day one but with with you know aliens and shit uh he was cinematographer for miami vice and he was cinematographer for gemini man which if you can dispute that that film is good you can at least say it was very pretty gemini man yeah uh, was that... That's Ang Lee, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we were talking yes, about Gemini is. Man, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I kind of remember what I was going to say earlier. Let's go. Yeah. The plot for Collateral, or at least the general structure of the film, is not unique. You know, it's... People have done it... We've not done that exact same thing, but the idea of, like, an everyday man getting wrapped up in a kind of interesting high stakes situation yeah um led led through by an experienced individual 
something like that, right? And eventually, throughout the film, they gain experience and grow more confident in themselves. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, it's a very straightforward plot, um, but I think it's done a lot better than other movies that do that similar structure. Brought this up last week, but Luke Basson's Fifth Element has a super similar thing to that. It's a cab driver, um, and then he ends up getting wrapped up in a scenario where he has to like fight off a villain and then save the world, something like that. But also he has super pedophile vibes because of Luke <laughs> But the thing is, uh. this movie has like, I feel like the arcs for uh, Jamie Foxx, his character arc is pretty well earned. Nothing special, but it's earned, unlike a lot of other, you know, films derivative of this genre. That's what I have to say. Yeah. It's well made. That's all I'm saying. It's like, for me, it's nothing special. It's nothing amazing. It's just well made. It's well executed. That's fair. Honestly, it's one of my less favorite men's. If I'm being honest. It's it's an amazing, amazing, amazing film. But it's, like, probably second to last of those that I've seen. And I haven't seen all of his films. Um, or at least not recently. Uh, but my man ranking would probably go number one, Black Hat. Uh, number two, Ali. Three, Heat. Miami Vice. Thief. Manhunter. Then Collateral. Then Public Enemies. I see. His other films are definitely, like, I, I don't know. A lot of people have this as their favorite man, which I understand. But, like, all his other films are a bit more adventurous in yeah. their content or their execution. Uh, like, what, what do you think about, like, Thief in comparison to this? Thief? Um, yeah. Well, like, like you said, Thief has, it tried a bit more uh, than this. Like, this, this definitely did, like, handle, like, uh, enough stuff. But Thief just had, like, um... It had, more, it had a little bit more juices to it, you know? A little bit more swagger, you know? Um, also, the fucking cinematography on Thief. This is completely unrelated at this point. But that's fucking incredible. It really like, is. Like, that's one of the best uses of shallow depth of field I've ever seen in any movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, the technical kind of lighting, yeah. rating. Yeah. It's so good. Um, probably the greatest debut film ever yeah and the thing I've noticed with like the three men that I've seen so far it's like it kind of revolves like you said it revolves like you both said it kind of revolves around like the average guy um, and his like relationships in his own personal life um, which like play like a huge role in Heat and a huge role in Thief a bit less of a role in uh, Collateral but it's still like pretty telling that the movie started out with like a what five ten minute scene of Jamie Foxx just talking to his love interest in a taxi cab mm-hmm. before the actual movie got started. I enjoyed that. Um, I'd say the central trait of a man protagonist would be to be crushed within the structures that hold them yeah. back. Like, that is a very consistent thing throughout all his films. The yeah. only one of his films that I haven't seen at all is The Keep, so I can't speak for that. It's probably, I, I, it's probably going to be the same thing. 
It's probably going to be that, yeah. Um, but, like, you know, Thief, James Caan, obviously, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino and Heat, both of them, like, crushed by the their respective systems, but maintain a respect for each other. Manhunter, like, he's being hunted. <laughs> um, Public Enemies probably has my favorite um, resolution to that, in my opinion. Because in Public Enemies... Um, Johnny Depp's character, um, which uh, I should just say John Dillinger, because it's a John Dillinger biopic. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, he... Uh, so, you, it's not really spoilers, because he, like, actually died. But, um, essentially, the FBI hunted down John Dillinger um, and shot him as he was exiting a movie theater. Um and in the film, it's dramatized, but it's like showing showing like Johnny Depp. Uh, I mean, not trying to John Dillinger is like content. He has buried his friends. He has uh, lived his life. He has loved his uh, his uh, would be wife, or I think he did get married to her. His wife. Um, he's content with how things are, and he watches a movie. And before the movie is a wanted ad for him. Like J. Edgar Hoover comes on screen and asks uh, everyone to look for him. And he's watching this movie about a criminal overcoming odds. And he, like, feels happy that, you know, that's me. I've overcome everything in my life. And now I can die with peace. Um, So when the FBI comes in and they attempt to kill him and they attempt to, like, brutalize him because they're brutal throughout the movie. And they're heartless, you know, because FBI. And he's at peace. I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. And that's my least favorite man movie. <laughs> that's sick. What do you guys think of um, Mark Ruffalo as, oh my as a Hispanic <laughs> detective? Dude. Fucked up I hair. did not fucked up know hair. that was Mark Ruffalo until like halfway into <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I only started noticing when he started talking a lot more. Yeah, like... That's fair. <laughs> At a certain point, I realized, hey, this guy kind of sounds like Mark Ruffalo. And then, <laughs> like, I remember checking the credits earlier that day, and then it was Mark Ruffalo. Oh, my God. The, the Adam Freeland review on Letterboxd says mm-hmm. Mark Mark Ruffalo is Cholo Cop. And <laughs> I found that funny. I don't know. Hey, uh, as as just a disclaimer... I've never listened to Comptown. I've never listened to the Adam Friedland show. Um, I don't know who that man is. Uh, yeah, I'm just putting that the out there. I think most fucked up that anyone has ever looked in a film is Ben Affleck and Clerks 2. <laughs> what are we even did talking guys, about anymore? Did you guys? I haven't uh, even like on, given I, my full opinions on the movie yet. I I need to I need to just show this really quickly right before. Just Ben Affleck and Clerks 2. I see. Uh, yeah, that's not a very yeah. good uh, yeah. facial hair. Anyways, um, you guys know that Jamie Foxx received a nomination for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards for this? I just saw this on its Wikipedia. I did not know that. But uh, yeah, that I don't know why he's and supporting actor. It also, he's like the main guy. Got... Yeah, he's like uh, the he's main character. He's not the top build guy, but he's a main character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why is he... It also got... Uh, uh, best um, best cinematography, no, which really? it should have won for. Yeah, hmm. 
at the Academy Awards. If I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, what did, what did win? No, it just got nominated for editing and uh, supporting actor. I see. Oh damn, yeah. my my mistake. Also, that year Jamie Foxx was nominated for both um, Ray and this, so he had two acting noms. Well, could have won both. That's probably that would have been why wild. he didn't get nominated for uh, lead actor for this role. Yeah, probably, for... honestly. But I don't think his performance was like that stellar. It was fine. I, I, I didn't see a best actor type performance I thought from it, Jamie Foxx. I thought Tom Cruise should have been nominated yeah, for best actor Yeah, Tom Cruise is like... That. He's so this is fucking like his good. Best role, honestly. Yeah, Tom Cruise is very good in this. I think it was better than Jamie Foxx was in this. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think Jamie Foxx is definitely better in both um, Ali and Miami Vice for man films. So, Rice, mm-hmm. what are your full opinions? My full opinions. Mm-hmm. I really like the movie. I don't know. Okay, so I I don't have much to say that you guys haven't already said. Because, like, yeah, good movie. There's just one thing that I found really interesting that I wanted to talk about. Um, so, like, Tom Cruise is the beginning of the movie. Um, something like, like, Iska, you said, you said it when you were discussing it. Um, mm-hmm. Millions of people in the city, nobody fucking knows each other, and that's why it's so lonely. I feel like that feeling, that vibe was represented extremely well in this. Because... Mm-hmm. The movie pretty much just happens on the road in the car. Like Tom Cruise goes to the location to kill someone. You don't see it. The actual places, the actual settings other than the road in the movie, they're barely utilized. It's just the road and just these two guys. Mm-hmm. Um like the only times when like you you have uh a setting play a role in it is one uh when they go meet Felix and two, uh, like the final seppies in the office building and also the subway. Uh, I guess the jazz club, mm-hmm. but the jazz club isn't really a place either. They just like go and go out. I love but... that jazz club scene. Yeah. I thought that was, in my opinion, that was the best scene of the movie. I'll be honest. I love that, that as well. Very, yeah. That was a very good scene. I don't know what my favorite scene in the movie is, but I like the jazz club scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, like. I don't. Know, I I just like the way he used. I mean, it's a fucking road trip movie, essentially. So obviously, <laughs> the road's gonna play a huge role in it. But I feel like the way he used the road to kind of yeah, like, like Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Um. But I I I found that really cool. How it like kind of alienates all the actual physical settings, other than the road, which isn't really a setting. And then, despite that, um, as one of you said, I don't remember who said it, my bad, but despite that, they still, like, grow a connection together, no no matter how fucked up that connection is, uh, which is ironic, considering the fact that the road is what isolates people normally in this city called Los Angeles. So, yeah. Ooh. La La so, Land. That's, that's my nuanced, one don't specific thought on it. the bad movie. No, I mean, no, they say La La Land in this movie. La La Land is just another term for L.A., if I remember correctly. 
All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, I, right. I really did love that jazz club scene because it's kind of, I don't know if it's a turning point, but it's kind of a vital character moment where we just get like a sit down, calm interaction between those three characters. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we, and then we're kind of pulled in like Jamie Foxx, thinking like, oh, this is gonna be somewhat okay. Uh, and then Tom Cruise fucking kills the guy. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> and I guess just like at that moment, us, along with Jamie Foxx, realize kind of the turn that this movie's going to take more so. I just think it was a very well-written and acted scene. Yeah. Shout out Miles Davis. Yeah. 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 Um... Decent film. I enjoyed it. I'm probably going to watch more Man. Watch Heat. Eventually. I know, I know. Yeah. I need to watch Heat. I, I think that's what everyone <laughs> says. Is, or not everyone, but I think a lot of people say that's his best work. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I disagree, honestly, but it is like a contender. Every every film has this contender. Um, I'm going to ditch the bit I do where I make up rating scores for this. Oh. This is a 9.5. Oh, no. Not the not the bit that's ah. been going on for three whole episodes. What's the bit? Okay, I'll I keep. I didn't even know. I didn't know there was a um, bit. What's there a bit? <laughs> that I that I that <laughs> I keep making up scores. Making up? What do you mean? Like like that? Like I say, five plushies out of three pillowcases. You said that. Like I keep saying. I didn't. I didn't even realize. Episode. I've been fucking editing <laughs> these podcasts. And I didn't Anyway, anyway, that's my score. Five plushies out of three pillowcases. You said nine and a half out of ten, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> nine and a half. Rishi, do you give this a like? I give it a like, but I will say um, it's number three on the man ranking out of the three I've watched. But I do okay. like it a lot. Uh, this is my number one man movie of all time. Let's go. Well, favorite <laughs> man movie. No competitor. Um. Yeah, no, in reality, uh, I thought it was decent. I I didn't think it was anything too spectacular. Uh, I understand why, you know, man has a solid following. Um, Well made. uh, Simple. Hmm. Three and a half out of five. Seven and out of ten. Oh, we're going back to half stars? Yeah, oh yeah. Rishi, yeah, I did that. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I ruined my perfect bell curve, but... Holy shit. Yeah, I don't have a bell curve anymore. Oh, my God. This is fucked up. I know. This is major news. I know. <laughs> I like how, uh, you know, this happened after the last episode where... um, Where it was revealed that uh, you ditched the 100 five-star ratings because... There were too many good Ghibli Ghibli movies, and now you only have like fifty two anyway. I have seventy eight actually, <laughs> and it's because I had I there was a bunch of movies that were almost perfect because my top one hundred wasn't necessarily perfect movies, or like movies that like were literally a, like perfect one hundred amazing right. They were mm-hmm. just uh, it was the five star was originally including the both the four and a half, and the five, um, mm. but now. Uh, it's because I was restricting myself to only be... Cause I, I felt like a lot of movies 
weren't deserving as low of a four, but don't deserve as much of a, as a five, which is why I think I currently have, let's see how many. Yeah, I have 74 five stars and 74 and a half stars. So it's giving me more freedom to happily give movies five stars, such okay. as I've given five out of 10 Ghibli movies so far five stars. And four and a half. Rating systems are weird. And four and a half. What what's weird, Iska? What was that? Rating systems. That's what I've been fucking saying. I think no, I don't think rating <laughs> systems for the are past weird. like three years. I think rating systems are just uh personal, you know. I don't think your rating system should rely on anyone else's rating system. For example, yeah. I think mine I think all of our rating systems are extremely different. Yeah. Um I see, I see. I would agree. Yeah, I don't think the rating system is should be like it's weird to have everyone un- using the same rating system on a website when everyone rates things differently. As in, they yeah. Like someone might have the exact same feelings towards the movie, but your rating system might either let you give that a ten or like a seven or something. Yeah, exactly. I definitely get that. Yeah, we can see that in this. In this very, very fruit basket right here. Yeah. The very same. All right. Uh, once again, we received zero questions. So <laughs> let's go. I'm are we stealing from questions. which podcast? Are we stealing from now? I wasn't. Yeah. Gosh, I wasn't able to find another Raiders of the Lost podcast question thread open because they get their fucking questions emailed to them. Like what the hell? <laughs> so we're gonna steal from Sardonicast again. Alright, here we go. Fuck, these are... Okay. Since there are many cliches in movies and TV, what are some cliches in music that make your eyes roll? That's not a movie That's question. not a movie question. Okay. Alright, you skip that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. A lot of these questions kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> sort by most popular. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Wow, okay. Okay, what's a movie that has been on your watch list for the longest time, but for some reason you haven't gotten yourself to watch it? Battle of the Algiers. And why haven't you gotten yourself to watch that yet? Eh. I see. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Very understandable. Um, Mine is just... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure I'll love it. Like, it's a communist film about guerrilla warfare. Like... And it's about, like, anti-colonialism. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I just... And... Mine is, is a lot of horror movies. I, I just... Oh, sorry, my cat is jumping all over me. A lot of horror movies, because I I want to watch a lot. Um, there's a lot on my watch list that I, you know, have planned to watch in the past. But I, I just never find myself in that mood to get scared. Hmm. Hmm. It's well. I mean, most horror films don't scare. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, uh, there are very few uh, that are actually legitimately scary. Okay. Well, I'm a pussy. Watch I guess. Watching I guess that means I'm a <laughs> pussy. And well, I'm sorry. You know, horror movies do scare me, which means, you know, they're doing their job for me. Bitch made. Yeah. I think if you don't get scared at a horror movie, you know what's weird. But okay, hold on. 
fucking a lot of things to say. People that okay. don't get scared of horror movies are tend to be horror fans, which is weird. Okay, right? They're like, oh, this movie doesn't scare me. Oh, yeah, fuck that. Uh, this movie is actually scary. Only a few movies scare me. I watch a bunch of horror, right? Imagine yeah. if there was like a comedy fan that's like, oh, <laughs> those, those movies, they're not funny, right? Or like a drama fan that like, whenever you bring up a drama, they're like, oh, <laughs> I mean, those dramas, yeah, no, those aren't dramatic. Now, this is a dramatic movie. Like, it's not so weird about horror fans. They're like so gatekeepy, like, they judge you if you get scared, right? Like, what the fuck? Okay, but, okay, but hold on. Like, in fact, that actually does exist for comedy fans. No, no, okay, here's, a, here's another way I explain <laughs> it, right? There's, co- like, comedy fans tend to like to laugh at a lot of different things, right? They enjoy humor. They enjoy that type of thing. As well as, you know, ro- movies, they're fans of romantic films, right? They kind of enjoy that thing. But I've noticed horror fans don't, like, it's not that they they don't enjoy getting scared. It's like they don't get scared that much. Meanwhile, comedy fans laugh a lot. Dramatic fans feel those dramatic moment those dramatic beats in films a lot it hits them harder for comedy fans comedy hits them harder dude what are you saying (laughs) i really don't understand what you're saying okay wait hold on on. just okay just to interrupt for a second second. what the fuck is a a drama fan every movie is a drama fucking every movie is a drama sorry let me let me just restart i'm I'm getting a little rambly here i see Uh, i see comedy fans tend to laugh at comedy films harder than non-comedy fans, correct? As in, if you are a fan... Yeah, I mean, people that don't enjoy watching, like, the classic comedic film. I mean, yeah. yeah, Like a standard, a Dumb and Dumber. I suppose. But when it comes to horror, right, it seems that a lot of horror fans don't get scared easily. Well, yeah, because comedy horror, fans I mean, like horror, like to laugh like, at a lot fear is such things. a different reaction from co- like humor. Like, I, I feel like you can't apply them in the same way because contextually they're yeah, so different. Yeah, you really can't. Also, because horror, like, that's a response that's like deeply ingrained, whereas comedy is more su- is like more subjective than horror. Yeah. Also, comedy uh, comedy it, is a is a skill, and like being able to make something scary is also a skill. But like, being scared is just a reaction, you know. I mean, so is laughing. I guess, but I, but it, like, it's different. Eh, it's different. It's a completely different yeah. reaction. Even though comedy and horror really do share a lot of like timing yeah. techniques, pacing techniques. I mean, that's why there's so many like, camp horror movies um, out there. Yeah, you know, like comedy and horror are two sides of the same coin, or whatever. But like camp say. horror movies, that's I feel entirely true. But like, right, go ahead. It, like it's entirely true that there are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, but like, it's also entirely true that that doesn't necessitate that one um, that like either comedy or horror has um, is interpreted in the same way um, by their respective fans if you yeah. get it get also i feel like yeah horror for the book okay a lot of horror 
isn't is like based on aesthetics rather than just like purpose built to scare you like as i touched on like camp horror like camp horror isn't scary most of the time there's a few scary camp horror movies out there but like it's it has the aesthetics of horror but it's really a comedy you know like horror isn't like it the defining factor isn't the fact that it's made to scare well for comedies as a defining factor is that you're made to laugh I think there's a I don't know about that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of horror movies that are purely made just in the attempt to scare people. Yeah, there is, but like as a genre it's more than that. Well, comedies it's not like that. Yes, definitely. Um, definitely. Okay. I I'm thinking about like you take the average Okay, so let's say there's a huge comedy fa- like the com- the comedy fan audience, right? They watch Dumb and Dumber. They watch uh it's another com- Zookeeper, starring Kevin Smith, right? You know, 40-year-old... Ver- what? Not Kevin Smith, sorry. What's the other guy, the fat guy? Kevin James. <laughs> right? That crowd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of lost my train of thought. Ah, Damn. wait. Hold on. Sorry. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Well, I mean, we're just bringing up horror and comedy, you know? Yeah. Ah, um, oh, fair, fair. Ah, you take a, uh, I don't, oh, sorry, here, you know what? Forget everything I just said. I still okay. agree with what I just said. It's just, I'm not articulating myself well. So I'm just going to bring okay. up a different point because I don't think I'm going to, you know, <laughs> say anything correct. But uh, it seems like a, a rite, or not a rite of passage. That's not the right word. The often, and a very, the common response to a lot of horror films is like, Oh, that shit's not fun. That shit's not scary. You got to watch this. That's scary, right? Yeah, but and only I think nerds that's just a... that. Only the nerds. I don't think so. No, there's like a lot of horror fans that like you bring up. Let's say. Uh, you bring up, the ring, the, uh, the vo- the, go- the go- what's his name? Vorger, Gore, Verbinski, the American ring. Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski. Yeah. You bring up the Gore Verbinski ring, and you're like, oh, dude, that movie really scared me. Right, people will go. Ah, oh, <laughs> you think that's scary? Oh, watch the Japanese version. Now that'll scare you. Right? They try and like invalidate your scaredness. Like, oh, nah, you weren't actually that scared. You're gonna get real scared watching this one. And I think, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of the horror crowd. Right. That's fair. That's completely I fair. I think they're very pretentious with their horror. I'm not saying horror movies are bad. Right? <laughs> like, I just, I tried, I mean, I didn't try. I did watch Pulse recently. Pretty good. Scary, mm-hmm. in my opinion. However, when I went on a thread afterwards of the movie, some people were saying, like, oh, I was just, that wasn't scary. It was, like, just kind of shitty. It was, like, nothing fucking happened. That shit wasn't scary. You guys need to watch this. That's scary. Pulse, Pulse is incredibly scary. I don't know what they were on about. Like, I don't think... Like, you take a huge fan of a musical, right? Like, you know, musical fans are kind of... Or, like, yeah, you take, you take like, a... Yeah, let's say you bring up a musical. You bring up company, right? No one's going to say, like... A, a theater fan isn't going to go up to you and be like, Oh, the songs in those suck. These songs are way better. 
there's a lot um, of there's a lot of one upping in horror is I guess what I'm trying to say. I actually have to go like pretty soon. Oh. Like two, three okay. minutes. Okay. Well, let's finish up the actual yeah. question and then Yeah. And then we'll wrap up the podcast. But before that, I'd just like to say mm-hmm. I think it's because horror as like fear as a reaction, it's something you have a tolerance for, unlike any other reaction. Like it's like thrill rather than um, it's like pain just like yeah yeah it's like that spice um something yeah something like that like you go on a fucking baby ass roller coaster and then amusement park nerds are gonna be like that's a fucking baby ass roller coaster you should go on this fucking neck snapping shit instead same shit with horror in yeah. a way because <laughs> like fear is just the type of reaction that you have a tolerance for instead of just something that you enjoy you know mm-hmm. but yeah that's my thoughts on that mm-hmm. uh moving on to the question that inspired this movies on your watch list that you haven't gotten around to watching i have like two thousand movies on my watch list so fucking take your pick i don't know um but if i had to choose one miami vice which i'm gonna watch tomorrow which you will watch yeah. tomorrow hell yeah yeah which means i have to watch 12 monkeys because that was the was deal that the deal made? okay cool Love 12 I monkeys mean, the deal I'm, I'm cool with that <laughs> uh you yeah. gotta do your recommendation oh it's my turn now yeah. already god damn okay i haven't thought of it shit <laughs> wait i thought it was grant's turn because i granted last. last time but oh yeah, yeah it went right, fountain right. which was me and then this week was um ah fuck sorry my cat collateral which was you so it's rishi's turn let me find some shit mm-hmm. oh oh okay 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 I, I got it i got it i just gotta remember the name because i forgot the name mm. on the silver the... globe that's, oh, that's my recommendation that's on my uh list of things that i wanted to recommend in the future shit on the silver globe oh yeah, okay, no, i'm super excited for that yeah on yeah, the silver globe it's by zulowski he did possession all right Okay, so On the Silver yes, Globe? Yes, that's the recommendation. Right. Next All week, right. we're, watching, we're going to be reviewing On the Silver Globe. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them in the YouTube comments section. Thank you. It has been episode four. Yippee. Of the Basket. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, bye.